When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. Jeffrey Jehu Lavecchio and I are going to be talking all about offensive habits and details. And as everybody, it's like conference time right now. There's a lot of hockey conferences going on. A lot of people sharing some of their stuff. You know, a lot of high-level coaches getting in these groups and kind of doing some professional development. So we thought we would do a little bit of our own today and talk about the offensive side of the game. So before we do get over to that, let's bring on the talent of the podcast. Oh, one Jeffrey J. Hulavecchio. Vex, what's shaking today? <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. I'm doing phenomenal, my man. I started up uh, with my returning champions uh high school hockey organization that i've worked with since the year i retired so this is year six they won the championship last year not a big deal congrats to the boys uh so i started up with them yesterday i have them twice a week in person it's been super fun uh getting back in the gym with the boys after the uh the ship this year so that was a fun little addition to my week. And you know what else? I don't think we've talked about on the podcast yet. Did I tell you? I started training um, three girls teams in person. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, twice a week. And then they they use the app uh, on the other days of the week. And that's been, man, I, I was a little nervous. It's been a while since I trained uh, girls teams. It's been like probably four years, maybe five years since I trained like full teams. And I took on three of them that have been working with me just online the past uh, year. Now they're doing kind of a hybrid this off season and dude, they've been killing it. Like oh, dialed, sure. like dialed, like it, it's, it was awesome. They were a little bit shy, way more shy than boys in the first session. Um, then they came back the next day and they literally went immediately into what they were supposed to. And like that never happens. Like it was like immediately <laughs> they did exactly what I told them. This is how it's going to be set up every day. And they just went right into it. And I was like, Oh my God, ladies, I love you guys. Um, they're killing it. They're killing it. So that's been, that's been really fun. That's awesome, man. Yeah. How you doing so, broski? Uh, I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. I'm getting ready for, uh, a huge couple weeks coming up, going down to the NHL draft next week. Going to do the coaches convention that's down there and uh, watch a couple of our guys get drafted. Uh, I probably in the first round, both of them. And so that's going to be fun. You see the work that those guys put in, you know, every, 
every day. And there's a reason why they're getting drafted in the first round. <laughs> right. And so it'll be good to go down there and, and, uh, watch that and, and celebrate with them and, and kind of honor them. So, uh, that's going to be fun. And then somebody's getting married like a couple days after that. So, you know, going to be, uh, going to be at, uh, Jeffrey Lavecchio's wedding there that, that weekend. And then I have your wedding in St. Louis on Saturday. And then I have a family wedding on my wife's side on Sunday in Vermont. So I will be That's taking the early flight home from Denver. And, uh, if you got that joke people, then I love you old school. Thank you very much. Uh, taking the early flight out to Vermont the next day for that wedding. And, uh, yeah, so I am uh, very excited, a lot going on and I'm excited for this podcast as well. Talk some puck. It's been a while since we talked some hockey. I know. I'm stoked here, man. When you texted me earlier about what we were doing tonight, I got jazzed. Yeah, we we did have guests lined up. and uh, They butt clapped us. <laughs> one of them, it's two guests. One of them uh, had, to, had to bail out, but uh, we're going to get them next week. So that'll Boom. be a fun one. That'll be Boom. a fun one. But uh, before we do get over to talk some hockey, got some people to thank. Want to thank Gel Sticks, our title sponsor, GELSTX.com. Go there. Use the coupon code THINKTANK, and you will get a discount on a weighted training stick, weighted training lacrosse stick, or weighted training golf clubs. It's that time of year. Got to get better with your hockey shot. Got to get better with your golf as well. You know, I have not gold jacket, green jacket. (laughs) I I immediately had happy Gilmore lines like running through my head. I had like golf, my, my neighbor, he's an accountant, huge ass, great golfer. (laughs) So, um, yeah, go gelsticks.com, glsticks.com today. Boom. Train Heroic. Want to thank Train Heroic. That's the unbelievable app that all of my online training is housed on. It's why and how I've been able to train thousands with an S over the last couple of years, hockey players and non-hockey players alike, moms, dads, people who uh, just want to be in shape. You can join my own personal workouts. I've got, I think, like 230 people right now. Uh, doing my own workouts with me every single day from all over the world. That's pretty badass. And then also, I obviously train teams, organizations from juniors to Division One, NCAA, not a big deal. NCAA Division Three, not a big deal. All the way down to amateur teams and organizations year-round on the app. If you have any interest in that, just hit me up, Instagram, DM me, text me, fax me, carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Get a hold of me to find out how uh, I can start helping your team get better off the ice. Also want to thank uh, Cured Nutrition and Joseph, my boy who owns Cured Nutrition, unbelievable guy, going out to Colorado to hang out with the Cured folks uh, in August for a weekend. Super stoked about that. Cured helps me keep my mind totally sexy and functioning at the way it is, guys. You guys hear what I'm working with, right? Sexy and flexy. Sexy and flexy. 14 concussions, obviously keeping everything uh, uh, inside this brain of mine as healthy as I possibly can is massively important to my short and long-term health. And I use uh, cured CBD to help me with that. So if you want a discount on any cured products, uh, go to curednutrition.com. Use my discount GMBM. So there you go. And thank you to icehockeysystems.com. The best website out there for all your coaching education needs, thousands of drills, whiteboard explanations from some pretty high level hockey people. You can get this for your entire organization by going to icehockeysystems.com, looking up the associations tab, and you get this for all of your coaches where you can store all your practice plans. You can send drills to each other, have files for, you know, practices and practices and practices. If you're a hockey director, you can kind of keep tabs on people by 
making sure they're doing practice plans and putting them in your associations tab as well. Also, not just for the coaches, for the parents as well, because Ice Hockey Systems has access to the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide. So all the parents in your hockey organization will get that as well. So really, really, really awesome thing all under one roof, icehockeysystems.com today. And before we do get over to talking some hockey again, Thank you most importantly to all of you amazing listeners. We so appreciate you continuing to support us. If you can, share us far and wide. Vex, what did you say? Carrier Pigeon, Fox, Fax. Um, fox. Email. I didn't say Fox, but but yes. Share it with the Fox to you share know what, it with us. You, know you know what Fox is? is uh, remember Robin Hood Men in Tights? Uh, yeah, great movie. Yeah, they have a Fox, so instead of a Fax. Fox them, uh, just foxing the information. <laughs> I first saw that at your house on Acacia. That's funny. probably yeah. I did. Sounds about right. Um. So yeah, like uh, we we so appreciate your guys' support. If we feel like we are doing a positive deed for the hockey world, and uh, if you think we are as well, then if you share us, we can get into more people's ears and hopefully make a little bit of a positive impact. So uh, again, we appreciate all of your love, and with that. Shall we start talking some hockey? Pipe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, here we go. So I have this kind of divvied up. So we're going to talk about all about offensive habits and details today. And where I kind of wanted to section this off, let's let's call it, is we'll talk about first winning habits. So just kind of like overall overarching offensive habits that are important. Then we'll go ozone, neutral zone, breakout, and uh, and through the neutral zone, we'll talk about some entry habits as well. So um, you up for that, Mr. Offensive Player? I love offense. <laughs> um, okay, so winning habits overall, first thing as it relates to offense, and I say this all the time about everything, communication. Communication is one of the most important habits and details that you can add to your game to make you a better hockey player because it makes the game so much easier for the other people on the ice when you want the puck. <laughs> you got to communicate for it. And the thing that I always like to tell my players is change their mind. So like, don't just do the little stick tap. Don't just kind of like kind of call for the puck, like demand it, demand the puck, especially I always talk about with our defensemen, demand the puck from your partner right? Demand the puck at the blue line. If you're a wing, demand the puck. If you're saying demand the puck. So um, just that communication makes the game so much easier. Again, the game's all about puck possession. If you want the puck, it's coming from somewhere, either a turnover from the other team that you've created, or it's coming from a pass for your teammate. So, um, or a 50-50 battle. So more often than not, a lot of times it's from your teammate. When you can be in a spot for support, you can call for it makes their life easier. You have the puck more. We can create more offense. Boom. Dude, I love that. And and actually I had, I stopped the girls workouts. Uh, you know, we're talking about me training girls teams. Um, one of the biggest things that I've noticed and from talking to like people like Nicole Hensley was one, was one of my clients when she was living in St. Louis for years, um, you know, on the women's Olympic uh, team, you know, is that a lot of coaches in what she's seen and, and others and youth 
girls hockey is that they don't hold girls accountable to the standards that they set like coaches in boys hockey will hold the players accountable to whatever the standards are set by the coaching staff. They kind of let them get off with things. And one thing I noticed is that from watching girls practices and games, there's not a lot of talking in the ice in the girls games. So I said like, Hey, like you can practice talking all the time in the gym. So that's something that that you are getting taller right now. It is so creepy. Oh my god! Whoa! It was like Star Wars. You guys can't see what just happened. Top has one of those desks, standing that retractable desks or whatever, and I was putting it down. Dude, I looked tall for the first time in my life. That was unreal. I was like, I'm tripping out. I was um, waiting for you to. Say oh, something. what is happening? <laughs> the pen is blue. Uh, no, but. Uh, uh, so talking, you, you know, it's something you can work on off the ice, but the reason I'm bringing that up is talking is a habit. You will not do it unless you force yourself to do it over and over and over just all the time. It is such a habit detail and the best way to get better at it is just to force yourself in practice to do it. I know personally, that's what I did. And like, I, I had to do it because my vision wasn't great. Uh, um, and I, so I started telling my teammates, like, you know, you got to talk to me a lot and I'll talk to you. Cause like, I don't have the vision that the guys around me did. And that helped me. It helped my teammates. And there's so many different ways that you can be talking that can help the players around you. It's not just so you can get the puck and score. It's also your teammates going into, to retrieve a puck. Let's say it's a D or, or we're in the offense, right? You're going to the back wall or whatever. And there's a, a D man on him. Like you can tell him where to go. You can tell him where the guy is on him. You can tell him where his outs are near post, near post, near post, you know, off the, off the back wall, off the back wall, off the back wall, you know, a lot of teams have different terms for changing sides with the puck, right? Like the more you talk, it just makes the whole game so much easier, especially offensively. Amen. Amen. Okay. Off to the next one. We're going to get through these. We're going to get through I, these. Uh, so the next one, again, the first couple are pretty elementary, but very, very important. If you want to be an offensive player, and I'm talking to the kids out there, learn to play with your head up. Learn to play with your head up. Every drill that you are doing on and off the ice, your eyes and your head should be up and you should be looking around. Hockey sense <laughs> is the most important skill that you can have as an offensive player. It's the most important skill you can have as an offensive player. You cannot have good hockey sense without an elite ability to shoulder check, scan quickly, and be able to play with your head up. Like you obviously need to process information. How do you process information? By seeing it <laughs> and understanding and reading the patterns, right? So like that's why you hear a lot of like high level coaches kind of bash on like the PowerEdge Pro and having all the different implements on the ice is because a lot of time what that does is it gives people bad habits of looking down at those implements and they're also the implements are stationary when you're never going against a defensive stationary player um so like when you're doing drills in vex i've seen you on instagram all the time like even when you know your guys are doing drills off the ice you have them looking around you have them scanning you have them doing hand eye stuff like all that stuff is so incredibly important and again like we're talking about two of the most mundane elementary things right now we're talking about communication, like talking on the ice, and we're talking about playing with your head up. And 
if there are coaches out there that are like, oh, I thought we were going to like get some, you know, better stuff. Like this is really important. <laughs> this really is so important. massively important at all levels. You know, the, the, the guys who are, and the girls who are playing like pro hockey, they're, they, they got it. Like they're there, they play with their head up. Um, they, they talk, right? Like this is so massively important for the younger people, coaches, kids that are like, you have to play with your head up. And not only is that going to help you be a really good offensive player, but it's also going to severely decrease your injuries because now you're seeing what's coming. You can see the people who are coming to, to hit you. You know, it's just, you're, you're processing the information and you look at these concussions and you look at a lot of these, you know, tough injuries to the head. A lot of times they're from impact because you don't see it coming. And so I, I just, I, I think it's so important to talk about, again, if you want to be a great offensive player, play with your head up. This is something that you can train. This is something you can do all the time. I had a first rounder, like seeing him on the ice, like it was just elementary stuff. He's like doing stuff and he's like looking up and he's making the coach like put up a number as he's doing things so he can do his skills. And then he's also got to call out the number, right? So he can play with his head up and process that information. Like it's, it's such a small thing that people may not think is like, I don't want to say important, but important. Massive. But it is. Dude, that's, that's the thing that pisses me off. I see all these skills coaches on social media. They're having the kids do the, all this awesome skill work. All of them have their head down. The coach says nothing. Yeah. Coach says nothing. And I'm like, dude, come on like it doesn't matter if you can stick handle around a cone or over the power edge pro thing if you can't do it with your eyes up if you have to look down every time all the time like if you're paying a skills coach like and coaches out there i know there's lots of skills coaches lots of coaches literally blow the whistle and stop it dead if they're looking down the whole time obviously down up down up like up more than down like that's okay but if they're looking down the whole time nope Nope, not a good rep. Nope, done. Let's redo it. Eyes up, eyes up. You lost a puck. That's okay. That's okay. If you're not good at it right now, good. That means there's room for growth immediately. Okay. It's okay. But as soon as you start doing every drill with your eyes down, coaches, blow the damn whistle and shut it down and force them to do it the way that we all know is going to help them be better long term. 100%. And you look at like, I think like in training and you know this because I've seen you do this and I've seen your, your players do this. One of the biggest, I guess you can call it up and coming training things is visual training and training your eyes, you know, when like different numbers come up and you got to say the numbers or like you go to a board and like the lights flicker and you got to hit lights and things like that. You, you look at like Navy pilots and people in the air force, what do they do all the time? They're doing visual training. So they can process the information that's coming at them at like speeds <laughs> unimaginable, right? As they're fighting, you know, the the jets up up top. So like, play with your head up. Make sure if you're a coach that you're really focusing on the players playing with their head up. I'm not saying you can't use cones. I'm not saying you can't use like implements and things like that. But don't use it as a crutch, right? Like, make sure that the players have their head up while they're doing drills. And it'll just benefit them so much more to be able to read plays, be able to understand patterns and be able to just honestly have more hockey sense, which leads to more offense. There were cones. <laughs> Wedding singer. 
Oh, thank you. Um, Okay, next one. Number three, Huck support is everything. Huck support is everything as it relates to being an offensive player. And I tell the story all the time. So I was lucky enough to play in the USHL All-Star game my last year in the USHL. And my line mate was Joe Pavelski. And um, like Joe Pavelski at the time wasn't Joe Pavelski of today. One of the top 10 American born players of all time. He was like a good junior player that couldn't really skate, (laughs) but he like put up a lot of points. Right. And one of the things that I noticed being on his line was I had the puck on my stick before I was ready for it. Like he saw the game so much faster than everybody else. So like, it, it was crazy because I prided myself on being a smart hockey player and he was just eons ahead of where I was. But the thing that was most like mind blowing for me in playing on a line with him is every time I got the puck, that son of a gun was open. Every se- I was playing center and he was playing right wing. Like every time I got the puck, I could be getting pinched off and have zero time and space. And I'd look up and he'd be there as an out. That's, you know, God, Son of a gun, you know, and so it's just like puck support is everything. And as as a coach, when I talk to younger players, it's so again, it like goes back to it. So like elementary, my dear Dawson, what is that Sherlock Holmes or whatever? Um, But I ask them, I say, who's the most important people on the ice? The player with the puck or the players without the puck? They kind of look around. They're like, they know the answer. Yeah, it's without the puck, right? Like, yeah. It's without the puck. So you have to be able to have a mindset that when you don't have the puck, you got to put yourself in a position to make your teammates life a little bit easier because what's the defending team trying to do? They're trying to take away that person's time and space. So what can you do? You can get to a spot that when that person gets their time and space taken away, you're there as an out, you're there as an option um, to be able to keep the puck and have possession and vis-a-vis play offense, right? So puck support is everything. What do you got for me? I love that. Uh, and it's so massive to to work on these things too. Like that's also making reads like that. Again, I'm obviously biased because like I do this stuff in my gym every single day, but like it's so, the onus is on you without the puck. The, the sooner that you younger players and coaches coaching younger players Get that through their head because I remember as a player, I played with a guy who played a lot like Tove, Paul Stasny. He's been on the the podcast before. He'll probably listen to this. What's up, Stas? Um, what and, up? and I scored so many goals because this guy could just find me wherever I would go. But uh, anytime I wasn't playing with Paul, I would notice that like I would just go and just hope to be open. Or I would just go somewhere on the ice and be like, oh, you, whoever you has the puck, it's your job to get it to me. Like it almost was like a bad thing that I played with Paul for like a year or two, three years, whatever it was, because like he would just find me and I I didn't have to like work to find the holes to get open. And, and the sooner that you learn that it's my job to see where the puck carrier is, scan the ice, see where the holes are. And I've got to dart to that hole and get open to where they, and give it a a lane that they can make a play. So like you can't go behind a defending player and then expect the guy with the puck to get you the puck passing it through the guy. Like you could yell like off the wall, off the wall, because you're darting that way. It's all on you to get open. And the sooner you get that through your head, the 
the faster that you'll have way more puck time uh, uh, every game. And this is something that you can work on so easily off the ice. If you watch my Instagram, we play this game every day. And that's the whole focus of the game yeah. is the guys who don't have the ball have to get open to get the ball. Like it's, it's, it's everything guys. It's everything. When you realize this, you'll score way more goals. Yeah. For those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you hear me reference my Russian coach growing up that I had in like Bantams and stuff. And it's funny. Every, every coach has their thing that they get upset about when people don't do it on the ice. And his was, if you pass the puck and did not move, he would literally stop practice right there and make you do a somersault every time. It was like that big of a deal. Like it was such a thing that was ingrained in our minds and we, Vex, how many goals do you think that team averaged? Yeah. Eight. I mean, a, a billion. I think you <laughs> a put billion. a billion spot on us. Very possible. Very possible. But like he taught us offense and all he stressed was get open, move it, get open, move it, move, get open, move, get open. Like we played so many games where we could only hold on to the puck for like two seconds. And this is like a, a constraint that you can put. We talk about the constraint led approach where you can put little rules in, inside of small area games that helps from the transition from practice and the transfer into the game. And so the, one of the rules that he did for us and I like to do in my practices is you can only hold on to the puck for a certain amount of time, one second, two seconds, three seconds, depending on the drill, especially if it's like a small area game. And what that does is it forces the other players to have to move to get open because if the puck carrier can only have the puck on their stick for one to two seconds, he's already looking for someone to pass it to right when he gets the puck. And it's a great way to teach getting open. It's a great way to teach just like movement and puck support. And um, I, I just think like, I, so many coaches preach this, especially at the higher levels, how important puck support is. I think the best youth coaches, that's something that they focus on every practice. It's something that they ingrain into their teams is making sure you are moving away from the puck to be a better teammate for your teammates with it. Dude, it's so massive. So massive. I love, I love that you, you know, add constraints. Like coaches listening, like add constraints to your drills. Now, it doesn't have to be every drill, but like when I coached U18 and U16 AAA my first two years after retiring from hockey, like we put constraints, sometimes really small, sometimes, you know, hampering almost because we wanted to force a skill to be worked on every drill. Make sure you're telling your players the focus of this drill is blot blank. I really need you to do this in this drill, like in some shooting drills, we'd be like, you have to, you have to do either a pull in when you shoot or a fake pull in push and shoot some shooting drills. You have to shoot in stride. If you don't, you got to down and back or something, right? Like during this drill, you have to do two on one drill. The first shot you take every time has to be a, a POP has to be a pass off the pad you know, like add constraints. So you're making sure players are working on skills that we know are necessary for them to be good that year and, and the years after. There you go. And and I encourage every coach out there to look up the constraints led approach. It's one of the dominating, um, I guess, ideologies as it relates to like drill design and, and practice to game transfer. And uh, a lot of the high level coaches are using it religiously in their drill designs and, and uh, it's awesome. So, um, okay. So we've done communication, play with your head up, puck support is everything. 
Um, number four for just overall winning offensive habits is win the net front. Ooh. Win the net front. Where are almost all of the goals scored at every level of hockey? It's right in front of the net. And so I think, you know, you always hear coaches talk about wanting to have players on their team that play on the inside players that aren't afraid to get to the quote unquote dirty areas players that understand how to take a goalie's eyes away. Those are things, again, if you want to score goals, you have to get to those areas to be able to score them because that's where goals are scored. And every level you go up and every year that you get older, more and more goals get scored from those dirty areas because the goalies are just too good. Like you look at the NHL, if you take how many goals were scored in the NHL this year from a shot outside of the top of the circles or the dots with no traffic that went in almost none. Very, very, very few goals are just, they're, they're too good, right? They're too big. They're too fast, they're too smart. They're just, they're too good. And so you, you see, and, and again, this gets back to like practice design at Michigan this year, we drew with spray paint on the ice, an area in front of the net, every single practice. Every single practice, I would spray paint the dirty area of the ice for the players because that's where goals, that's where we wanted the guys to be comfortable in those spots, being able to get there, right? So, like, again, for the kids that are listening, like if you're 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, you're, you're moving up the ranks, you got dreams of playing higher levels of hockey, college, junior pro, whatever it may be, like the way you score goals changes. And no longer, even if you are an absolute stud at 10, 11 years old and you score four goals a game, I bet you half of those goals are from beating somebody one-on-one <laughs> and, uh, you know, or being faster than somebody else and being able to go wide and just like take it. Or you have a really good shot and you can score from outside the dots or from the outside, let's call it. That, that just doesn't happen as you get older defense become too good goalies become too good so for the coaches out there who are coaching kids like that and for the kids that are like that that are listening to this make sure that you're developing these skills to get in tight make sure you are doing things in practice to get to those dirty areas to score because that's if if you can develop those skills that's how you're going to score as you get older i love it man and this this changed my pro career halfway through it my my second year really in europe i was playing in norway and i started playing in front in the power play and then like i started scoring there a lot but then i just started going there during shifts too like we're down low like cycling instead of like being like two guys you know one guy in on the battle one guy like outside of the battle like right there and then like a third guy high my line we switched to like two guys in on it and like i would just stay in front of the net Dude, guys, I scored so many freaking goals my last five years pro, literally because all I did was go and play around the net, stay there as much as I could. Like, I'm not kidding you. And I'm obsessed with helping people find this out because this little thing, this sentence is how I get little, little guys, you know, younger guys, teenagers go to the net. I'm like, where does the puck always have to go to score? Every time there cannot be a goal if the puck does not go here, the net has to so even if you're just standing there you're going to score some goals if nothing else you do nothing just from people shooting it off your body just because it has to go past you to go in 
has to, or through you, like on elite prospects, it doesn't say you scored 12 this year, top left three, five hole and four were off your skate. Guess what guys doesn't say that no stat line ever reads that they don't ask how they ask how many. And I made good money in my last five years playing because I just went around the net and it's a mindset. It's just being there. And what's even better for players now is it's easier. It was way harder 10 years before I turned pro. But when I was, you know, now it's way easier than when I was playing defensemen can't stand there and murder you and your family uh, by proxy and break your spinal, like your spine, like, uh, like Mike Tyson spinal, like they can't, they can't do that to you. <laughs> People who know are laughing at that one. Trust me. It's a great quote. Mike Tyson spinal. Look it up when we get off here. Okay. I'm going to make a note. Uh, I'm going to send that to you. You will laugh spinal. Anyways, I broke my back spinal. Um, anyways, uh, uh, where was I, Tovsky? You lost. I got lost. You're talking about uh, defensemen murdering you and your family. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. Guys, they can barely touch you anymore. So you can just stand there. And one of the best things that I learned, and I think it's really good for younger players because it's so simple, is a tripod. When I was playing for the Panthers farm team in the AHL, I can't remember his name. This guy was a beauty. He really liked me there. It was always super nice to me. An older guy had so much energy when he came in the room, and I still remember him. And he was like, man, when you're standing in front, like just tripod yourself, literally widen out your skates, put your stick on the ice, and lean on your stick. And like, just like literally be a tripod, the D men, it's like impossible to move somebody. If you stick your butt out, bend your knees and put two hands on your stick and kind of lean on your stick and stay low. The D man can't move you. And then guys, when you learn to screen and rebound, like it's over, it's over because if you learn how to move as a puck is coming at you, but still get your elbows in front of the goalie's face, he's not going to be able to control rebounds and guess where that puck drops bingo right in front of you. And the last thing I'll say is like watch in practice, how rebounds come off of pads because a lot of goalies wear very similar pads. There's like two kinds. Now there's like the new, you know, slippery. It's like a straight piece of paper ones. And there's like the older school ones, different, those different pads have rebounds a little bit differently. But when you start to learn where shots from different areas on the ice where the probability of a puck is going to go uh, on a rebound, guess what? You start to score a lot more goals just by paying attention to that. And you can do that every shooting drill in practice. Watch where the shot comes from. Watch how the goalie's positioned and try and like guess as the shot's coming. Like, where's this rebound going to go? Right. And then when you're in front after a shooting drill, the next guy's coming, stay in front for the rebound. Try and guess where the puck's going to go off his pads. Try and read it because it is a skill and you will score more goals just by thinking the game. Love it. Love it. Let I want to dive a little bit deeper on this because my this was four A was win the net front and four B was finish. Having an absolute finishing mentality. But before I get into that, I, I want to ask you the question because you know, one of the things that coaches will talk about now is there's an area of the ice to shoot the puck to finish, and there's areas of the ice to shoot the puck to get the puck to those dairy areas where then your teammates can finish, right? So not necessarily even a pass on the pad, but just get it there. And so, you know, you look at like the home plate is what people will say, and this is a podcast, so my, I'm going to try to explain it as best I can, but it basically goes from like, the post to the dot 
up to the center of the top of the circle, over across to the other center of the top of the circle, down to the dot, and then back to the post. It looks like a home plate. And that's where 70%, I, I can't, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember what the actual numbers are, but 70 to 80% of the goals are are scored in those areas. And so like when you get into those areas, you have to develop a mentality, like a finish mentality. I am shooting the puck to score. And I, I think I've told this before, but the year that I coached at Miami of Ohio, and this was in 2011, 2010, 2011, I think what season was. So Andy Mealy won the Hobie Baker that year. And every day after practice, him and I would take, I don't know, 50 to 100 bucks. And all we would focus on was that finish mentality. And basically my coaching to him was, I don't care where this puck goes. We're not working on a skill here. We're working on a mentality. And I want you to get a mentality and a habit of shooting to score. And so he got so good in tight and this was like, and and like, this was him initiating this stuff, right? Like he wanted to work on this stuff and every day, like I would have to, like, I was a graduate assistant and I'd be like, Neil's like, I gotta go to class. He's like, nope, <laughs> nope. Like we still got our, our shots that we got to do. Right. And so, um, like every day it was just that mentality, that finish, 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 finish. And what came from that mentality, he started to see some results and then confidence, man. Like that, that just confidence came and it all came from just putting in the intentional and I underline, capitalized, highlight, circle, intentional because they were intentional reps to make sure that his mentality was shoot to score. And he got so good in front of the net. Again, he won the Hobie Baker that year and it was just absolutely incredible. And, but like, when you're in those areas, you have to develop that mentality. When you're outside of those areas, when the probability of this shot is very, very slim for going in, you just got to hit the net. If you don't hit the net, you're probably starting the breakout and you're going to have to go play defense and back check. <laughs> um, but if you do, then there's a good chance that there's going to be a rebound goal. The other team's going to have to take a penalty because they're going to have to hook or hold one of your teammates that are in front of the net. You're just causing some chaos from in front of the net. When you have that deliver puck mentality, you can create that. So I think what I wanted to talk about mostly was developing that finish mentality. Like if you want to score goals, it's a freaking mentality. And I've heard you talk about like in practice when you were playing, like even if you shot a puck, the goalie saved it and it went like behind the net or in the corner, you would go and still get that puck and still put it in the net just to like get your muscle memory and get your mentality yes. of like, I am a scorer. Every I am going to shoot time. to score. And I, I did that my senior year. I doubled my goals. Um, my senior year from any other year that I had, because in the off season, I'm like, I'm going to develop a, like a scoring mentality. I was, I've always been past first, you know, this my entire always. life. Loved it always loved like, it. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I knew no matter what, he's not freaking just find, <laughs> find a way to get open. He's definitely exactly. going to hit you. And so like, it was to a fault, you know, I'd, yes. I'd have coaches yeah, be like, was. you have to shoot the puck, dude, you have to shoot it. But anyway, so that summer I just focused on shooting. And in skates that I would do, like every two-on-one drill, I wouldn't pass the puck. I would shoot the puck because I was trying to get my, my mentality to be more of a scores mentality. And what do you know? I doubled my goals from any other year that I had in playing college hockey, right? So like it, it, it's a mentality that can be worked on. It's a habit that can be created. 
based on the habits and details that you do every single day. And if you want to score, if you want to be a score, if you want that to be part of your identity, you have to develop that killer mentality around the net where I'm shooting the score every time and you're going to get so much confidence through it. And I probably spoke way too much on this, but it's something I'm no, really passionate dude. about. And it's something that I've seen work. And it, it's just, um, if you want to score, that mentality is everything. Dude, I mean, just the scoring right around the net revived my pro career when I went over to Europe. And I just like had a great finish to my career. And it was freaking awesome because I just started focusing on everything Tove just said. And what's really cool is I learned that it's all habit. It is literally all habit. Like, obviously, you got to have some skill, you know, for your own level, it's going to be habit. Like every single time when I was when I was playing juniors, we started doing the thing where, you know, older coaches will know this or hockey players where like you're doing shooting drills to warm up. Um, there's probably like three or four. And instead of after you shoot, you just go to the end of the line, you shoot and then you like do a loop, kind of come back and you either screen or you wait for the rebound. If there is one to play it out really quickly, you get like a second to play it out. We started doing that in juniors, and I just did that in every shooting drill everywhere I went the rest of my career. I would never go to the end of the line. I would always wait for a rebound. And if it was like a drill where it was longer, I'd wait two guys and try and do two rebounds. And literally, I just it, I created a habit. It did what I was talking about a few minutes ago where I learned where rebounds went more often than not. If a guy shoots from here and the goalie's positioned this way, the way his foot's going to kick, it's going to go around this area. And like it is all habit guys you gotta have that killer instinct like tofu is talking about well i mean even what you're saying like how much of a habit is just stop at the net oh dude again you you think about like drills in practice and again i'm, I'm talking to the coaches here now you, you look at the drills in practice and what does everybody do after they shoot the puck in a flow drill or skill drill whatever you want to call it warm-up drill they shoot the puck and they turn and they go right to the corner. Or they go about to wherever their, their line is yep. like, that's a sin. <laughs> that isn't, that's a hockey sin. Ugh, like ugh. every drill like that, it, it's got to be hammered into the player's minds. Like, like, just like what you said. And it's fun too. like stop, play out the next shot. Yep. So whoever's coming next, you're there for the rebound. And then you sprint back to your line, get a little baby conditioning in. I Love think that. that's the best way to do, to do those kinds of drills. It's like, okay, yep. I'm going through yep. the deal, drill. I'm doing my skill. I get my shot. I stop. That next puck that's coming, That's ne that next rep, after I stop, another person's coming in. They're shooting the puck. I'm sitting there for the rebound, play out the rebound if there's a rebound, and then I sprint back to my line. Or I sprint but that back rebound is line. like, bang. It's not backdoor tippy tappy back door, no no blah, no blah, no, blah. Yeah, no exactly. it is like rebound you get one quick shot that's it it's not you're not making another pass there it's bang 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 what's that oh, what song are you doing? oh i was doing uh how i met your mother oh that's a good show bang, bang, bang. wait yeah. a minute let me take you there what song is that i think uh i think joe sings that song <laughs> Joe mama. Yeah. I got Anyways. you dragon. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, unreal. I got got with that before though. Somebody got me a dragon. So I, and it was the guy, Oh, it was one. It was Will who you're talking to who yeah. I set you up with. He got me with dragon. So that's <laughs> why I got you in our text group. I got you in front of them because he got me. So anyways, sorry guys. We're just uh Tofu and I like to play practical jokes on each other. And it's always fun when you win. Um, <laughs> 
The, <laughs> one other thing I want to talk about, because you said sometimes you're shooting for a rebound. You're not shooting to score if you're in a terrible area, high traffic, whatever. Something else, guys, that is massively important in coaches, you can work on this, is quick angle, angle change before you shoot the puck. By doing a quick angle change right before you shoot the puck, that goalie can't be set in a way where when goalies make saves, if it's like they know they're getting a rebound, they'll they'll turn their stick a certain way or turn their body a certain way to kick it, blocker it to the corner, right? And so if you change angle right before you shoot, it's much harder for them to do what they want to do and have the puck deflect the way they want it to deflect or stop into their body. So that quick angle change, if you're going to shoot for a POP or if you're going to shoot for a rebound is massively important. Or if you're just shooting to score. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, obviously. Yeah. Shoot and score hundred <laughs> percent. I'm thinking but, about like Austin Matthews and like how insanely incredible he is at changing right. the angle before he shoots. And I'm like, he's shooting a score though. Right. Right. Ruins goalies. And if he doesn't score, they're not able to put the puck in the way that they want or save it in the way they want. So the rebound is uncontrollable. So coaches, we talked about constraint led approaches and Toph said about his team that had those constraints, add that in on a, on a drill shooting drill where you're shooting for a rebound. You have to change angle before you shoot or else you got 10 push-ups, you know, and then actually call them out if they don't do it. There you go. Boom shakalaka. Boomy. <laughs> um, okay. The last one, and actually we're going to probably have to do like a part one and a part two to this because. I love um, to talk about scoring. I know, right? <laughs> um, so we talked about communication, how important that is. We talked about how important it is to play with your head up talk about puck support. We talk about winning the net front and having that finish mentality. And the last thing I want to talk about with the way that the game is going is positionless hockey. And again, Steph, our podcast producer sent us a text in our text chain um, saying, and I think this is actually a really good point. Like when we're talking about scoring goals here, I think many people probably think we're talking to the forwards and we're not, we're talking to all five of the position players on the ice because in the way that the game is trending and going, if you watch any high level hockey, like you see how much defensemen are jumping up in the play, you know, how important an F three is defensively because the D are so aggressive down the walls and they're always up in the play in the offense. And so it's just that we're, we're talking not just to the forwards here as it relates to scoring goals. We're, we're talking to everybody, every single player out on uh, on the ice and positionless hockey. And again, I, did we do a whole episode on positionless hockey or maybe it was just like a mailbag question? I can't remember. It was yeah, a long time I feel, ago. I feel like it was a mailbag. Okay. But um, when we talk about positionless hockey, we talk about, you know, how the way the game is played again, it's not just especially like when you're coming up through the neutral zone or on a breakout, the D are getting up in the play. When you're on an entry, the D are getting up to be that, you know, that person that's the, the second wave on the rush. When you're playing in the offensive zone, D are so active, not just on the blue line, but they're active jumping into spots and being of support and, you know, getting rims from around the wall and keeping pucks in, you know, like it, you have to be able to understand what positionless hockey is if you want to score goals. And there was a really good interview on NHL and TNT. I think it was a couple of years ago. So like everybody that's listening, I encourage you to like Google it or it, I'm sure it's on YouTube or something like that. But um, Paul Bissonette was interviewing Steve Eiserman 
And they were talking about like, you know, how, why is there so many goals being scored in today's game? And, you know, a lot of it is you think about playing defensively in the D zone, like when we were growing up and what most people are taught, if you're a winger is, oh yeah, you just got your D. And why is that? Baby. Because the D just stands on the blue line. Awesome. <laughs> so Loved all it. you have to do is stand, stand in between the D and the net and you're fine. Because Boom. if the D gets the puck, then you block the shot or you go out. Like, it's just very, very simple. But now you watch the NHL, you watch high level hockey, like the D are all over the place and you're filling space and you're, you're, you know, moving pucks quick and the way that teams defend, you know, you, you have to move pucks quick, whether it's changing sides, whether it's a rim out, whatever it may be, but like D are so involved in the offense now from a rush standpoint and from an offensive zone standpoint that I think it's really important if you want to score goals and create offense that you do drills in practice to promote that, um, you know, put some rules in. Uh, to maybe some of your offensive zone drills where the D have to get activated, the D have to get involved for you to get a point even. Like you can do something as simple as, I, I don't know, like your team gets a point every time the defenseman touches the puck underneath the top of the circles. Right, right. To, in an offensive zone drill to promote the D being active in the offensive zone. Um you can do a game where you draw a, let's say you draw a spray paint, a line across the top of the circles. And if, again, you want to be sound defensively too, like every time a defenseman goes underneath that line, you have to have an F3 that gets above that line. So you always have like two players above Love that it. line. So you know, simple. like you can, you can dream up and do different types of drills with different types of constraints in those drills to promote getting the D active and getting the D involved. And so I, I just think like, and, and again, it goes back to like even skill development too. Like the D, they, when we played, the D didn't really need to have that much skill. You had maybe one or two D on a team that was really skilled and like, let's call it even allowed it. to play offense. Right. One and everybody else was just keep the puck out of the net and be hard to play against. And wow. you still need to, now it's like opposite. <laughs> now like everybody needs to have skill you have to be able to break a puck out you have to be able to be deceptive on breakouts you have to be able to be deceptive on the rough and rush and, and you have to be able to skate and jump up into the play and and be able to be involved in the offense now and and like you know i i just think as a coach you're doing such a disservice to your team and for the development of your defenseman if you're kind of that old school way of like okay just make sure you like just stay at the blue line and we're just gonna not take any risks and not take any chances and just want to keep the puck out of the net. You have to be able to let your guys go, let them fail forward. And it's just, you want to create offense. Like you have to create confusion and how do you create confusion the best? I think a lot of it is just constant movement <laughs> and it starts with the D reminds me of this video. I saw from the last year that Ryan Hardy was the GM of the steel. And it was like, it was highlight clips and dude, I was, they had five guys moving, bobbing, weaving, in, out, ducking, diving, dipping, dodging. They were freaking everywhere. And I was watching these clips and I texted him and I was like, I think I met, tweeted at him, DM'd him, texted him. I'm like, oh my God, like you guys would score on anybody or something. And I, like these, these are like some of the craziest clips I've ever seen of positionless hockey. And, and I was just watching the defending players 
they had no idea what to do. It was wild. Absolutely wild. It's so hard to defend. Like it's so hard to defend when guys are moving all over the place, diving down and rolling up and making switches. And it it creates confusion in the defensive zone. So if you can start doing that players rolling up top, having D's pick and roll, whatever, drop the puck to them as they're coming down with speed, like you're going to create more openings to dart into and be open then again to get the pass back to score. Yeah. And if you think about it, even from like a defensive perspective, let's just take the ozone, for instance, if a D is active, that winger that traditionally would be on that D has a choice to make. And based upon how you want to play your defensive zone, one choice is you just stay with that guy and it's like man on man, but now you have a winger and typically your wingers are your weakest defensive players. (laughs) They are now playing down low, which is what you don't want your defense, your weakest defensive players doing is playing down low. Right. Or you can do a switch where, you know, that defenseman goes underneath the top of the circles, but now that creates confusion because now that has to create communication between the defensive team. There's got to be, um, you know, you're basically giving the D away to either the center or the other D. And now there's a D potentially on a D down low. And whenever you can create switches, you're creating confusion. And when you create confusion, you create opportunities for offense. And so, like uh, you just you, you have to let your D play. You have to involve them in the offense. Ozone, rush, coming up the ice on the breakout. Uh, it's just positionless hockey is is the way of the game right now. If you want to score goals, if you want to confuse the other team defensively, that's the best way to do it. Love it. So true. It's really really hard defensively, and you're just you're going to lose your guy. You're, it's going to create openings. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So we've been going for like almost an hour. So why don't we cut this here? This will be the, this will be the part one. We, (laughs) we only got through the winning habits. Like, um, so the offensive habits went through the winning habits, communication, playing with your head up, puck support is everything. Win the net front and finish and then positionless hockey. You know, those are winning habits. If you want to score goals offensively and, uh, the next time we go through this, we'll talk about like the different specific zones. We'll talk about ozone. We'll talk about the neutral zone and the entry. We'll talk about, um, you know, coming up the ice on the breakout. So that'll be our next you and I sesh. Love that. Good. You know what, you know what I was so bad at in the neutral zone, so bad at like gapping up and moving so that like when a, the play started coming at me, I wouldn't like just try to like lunge at a guy and hit him like an impro like you're catching one out of 50 guys. Like you're not, you're not hitting. You're talking about defensively. Yeah. As a defensive guy, I was so bad at like gapping all the time, all (laughs) the time. I just thought, Oh, as they come at me, I'm going to run them over. And I never hit. I would like, you know, they just give you a shake and you bite on it and they're going full speed and you're stopped. And I, I was really, really bad at that. You were dodge. Yeah. Duck, yeah, dive and dodge. Yeah. Trying to hit not, not like all I had to do was move my feet, gap up. I was just, I don't know. It was like one week, something that I was very bad at, and I never like got better at it. That's okay. Yeah, Jeffrey. I know, but I know, but I'm I'm excited to talk about that stuff because uh, you know, you were a way smarter hockey player than I was. So I'm excited to hear us talk about that next time. Uh before we go, I do I have one other thing to say, and um First of all, Father's Day was Sunday. And did you see the shirts that M 
bottom. Yeah, that's so awesome. So cool. If you are an Office fan, go to my Twitter or Instagram or whatever, wherever you follow me. And my beautiful bride bought my little girls, the Scott's Tots shirts from The Office, which is one of the most memorable and I would say the most cringeworthy Office episode ever created. (laughs) (laughs) Where Michael um, promises kids when they're like in middle school that he's going to pay for their college tuition and then that day comes and he has no money to be able to do it and their name was scott's tots and so my last name is scott and and bought those shirts that those kids were wearing and my kids wore them on father's day and it was really 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 cool That's um, awesome. on on the flip side i do want to say like it was a tough day for me on friday or on sunday father's day because of my buddy that passed away probably a month and a half, two months ago now. And, you know, this is his, he's got two little girls and it was their first father's day without him. And so I just, you know, I've been in this kind of like headspace over the last couple of days, just like, it was like father's day was great. Great that, you know, your kids, they give you cards and say they love you and your wife does the same thing and stuff. But it was a tough day for me because all I could think about was Ray. All I can think about was Ray and how, you know, amazing of a dude he was and how, you know, his little girls and his wife don't get to celebrate him on that day. And um, I just wanted to end with that because I really just like it's getting me into this, you know, way of thinking of like, don't take any moments for granted. You know, we are not promised tomorrow. We're only promised today and make the best of what you can with today. And um, make an impact on other people's lives. Do what you love to do. You know, <laughs> put everything you have into the, the people and the things that you love. And um, yeah, it's just it was a tough day. It was a tough day. Father's Day, as 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 nice as it was to be celebrated, I guess you can say, as as a dad. Um, it's tough when one of your best friends, you know, his family doesn't get the chance to to celebrate that with him. And so I just encourage everybody out there to, um live it up, man. Live it up. Love is a, uh, it's a strong word. Live with love and love who you're with and, you know, just make the best of, of every day. So i um, sorry to end it on a little bit of a downer. <laughs> no, man. No, that's <laughs> but, a good message. Great message. Um, Not a downer. Just, yeah. Just something I've been thinking about and just, I think a really just important a message to, to send at this point. There's so much freaking division and hatred and stupid shit going on in this world. Like you only have one life to live. Why, why live it pessimistically? Yeah. You know? Ew. Don't do that. Get you nowhere. <laughs> um, so with that, just want to say happy father's day to all the dads out there. Um, and keep doing what you're doing for your kids. And, uh, hopefully you got to spend some time in the car on the way to the rink, potentially with, uh, with your son or with your daughter on the way to or from a rink and as always thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast and we will see you again next week